everybody and welcome to welcome back to Chirping with ABA Owls. Um, this is our podcast. We also have another one called The Hoot Chronicles, so look out for that one. Um, just a quick disclaimer before we get started, that these things that we talk about in our podcast are our thoughts and experiences. So Carl and I are not claiming to know everything. We are only speaking from our experiences. Yeah, and do we have anything to discuss on the previous podcast, Carla? I'm not sure. I not from oh hi everyone not from the previous podcast um but I did want to mention that we did let a big milestone slip by so we've been doing this for over a year now um Whoa. and we we forgot <laughs> Gosh, can we can what does it feel like twenty twenty even happened really no well yeah that year didn't count yeah. um because it was April last year our first episode came around I think it was around my birthday as well yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. Crazy, guys. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah, happy birthday to Chirping with ABALs. You know? Yeah. Um, and just so that everybody's aware, we're still accepting questions for the Q&A episode. Even if yours doesn't get picked, you know, we'll probably do another episode um, Q&A themed. So, please feel free to email us your questions. And even if you have any qualms, like you want to tell us things you don't like, um, you know, please get hold of us. So you can also uh, message us on Instagram or Facebook. Um, we'll reveal all the information later. And we won't reveal any personal information if you would not like that. So please do let us know if you're happy to, for us to mention your name before, when we're answering questions. So yeah, so please send us in. We're really, we've got some really good ones already, some gems, but we'd like some more. Yeah, we did. Topic for today, to data or not to data? That is the question. Uh, it was Miss L's idea for the title because, you know. She's a geek. You know, I'm not good. Yeah, I'm not good with names. Like, I tried a few titles and I didn't like any. So this was the picked one. So we, we chose this topic because data is already a big part of our lives and people don't even realize it. So data is evidence. It's strength. And we think people would actually feel much more in control and empowered if they learn how to collect it and use it. Um, and saying that, like, today's topic is data, but if you have any topics you'd be interested in, you can always email us at aba.owls.uk at gmail.com. You can contact us through our website, www.abaowls.com, or Instagram at aba underscore owls, or on Facebook at aba owls. All the yes. aba owls. So if... Yeah, so feel free to email us suggestions or text us on Insta because we we wanna you know we wanna discuss things people are interested in. Yeah, and on that, sorry, Carla, I actually people did send in questions. Yeah, you know it's got this weird filter where you have to be friends with someone or send a request. So I didn't realize some people had sent in questions. Oh, so I apologize if I responded really late to some messages some messages yes i wasn't aware they were there and then when i checked i was like oh and so yeah thanks guys i i'm not ignoring yeah. you i just i didn't realize yeah forgive lauren because carla doesn't like to do social so <laughs> lauren has to be in charge of the social <laughs> i'm not oh. sure lauren's really good at it but she does it you're fine come on so today, let's just go talk about data. And before you stop listening, just give us a chance because we'll do our very best to make this interesting. I mean, we think data is interesting, but we know not everyone has the same mind frame as us. Um, so let's start with a real life example that has been a reality for many of us for over a year now, which is working from home. 
So I read this article from an online magazine back in May um, on a Portuguese website that stated that 75% of people prefer to work from home. And I actually showed this to my sister-in-law and she told me that on the same day she had heard on the news the complete opposite. So there was another article from like mid-April that reported a survey conducted by Randstad, which apparently is like a thing that surveys, where 77% of Portuguese workers want to return to the workplace. And the question is now, which one do you believe? Distinguishing which one is accurate is really hard. So how do we know which one of these surveys represents the workers' true feelings? And, you know, lucky for our listeners, data is what we do best. So our format is going to change slightly today. We're still covering WH questions, but for the episode to flow better, they might have to intertwine a little bit. So let's get right into it. What is data? In the dictionary, and we love a dictionary definition, it's a noun that is defined as facts and statistics collected together for reference or analysis. I was quite surprised that the official definition did include and statistics. It does make you wonder if data that is not a statistic can be considered data, which actually it can. So we're gonna we're going to be honest, we didn't feel like spotting and explaining all the different kinds of and types of data, because you know that would be quite tiresome. And you guys might not listen. <laughs> so we'll just jump right into the ABA of it all. So in ABA we call collecting data the action of recording measurable behavioral events. This means how many times a person requested for items, how long did a tantrum last, etc., etc. We look at the actions, what people do now, and what can be seen by others, what happened before, during, and after the behavior of interest. And this being said, let's, let's address the following comment we hear frequently. Your data analysis doesn't have any value because it's not done on a large scale. Is this something we hear a lot, Lauren? Yeah. What do you think? I roll. That's all I want to say to that. It's just like, it's just so, it's, yeah, it's exhausting. I mean, my days. And so, aside from that, so let's see, let's think about what makes data analysis credible. How do you decide that a conclusion is valid or not? So, validity is everything, however, it gets confused with credibility, okay? So, there's probably a lot of people that hear a percentage said on the evening news and they trust it to be true as they consider that news channel credible. Other people might go deeper and only trust data that was concluded by independent sources such as the Eurostat and they will trust these sources more as they are independent from the media, the government, etc. But you can go even deeper than that and check other independent sources, so other other places where they have these similar kind of studies. But even with all this checking and effort, what are you what you're doing is you're taking information at face value based on a level of trust you have on the source. But just because the source is credible, it doesn't mean it's accurate. So when a study is published regarding behavior analysis, we do look at the validity of the research. 
And there are three areas we contemplate when assessing validity. There's internal validity, external validity, and social validity. And, you know, we're not going to bore you too much. Lauren is going to go, is going to take you through them, but it's not, we promise it's not going to be, you know, horribly, horribly boring because we, we did try a lot to make this as good as possible. Yeah, we're trying not to make it dreary, you know. Um, so internal validity refers to the control inside the study. So what are the variables that can influence the treatment or intervention? Can these variables be variables can be controlled? If not, what can be done to decrease the influence on the study? Okay, so let's go back to the survey that we mentioned earlier regarding working from home. Where, where different resource, where different sources claim different preferences regarding working from home, how do we know which data to trust? So as a behavior analyst, we'd look for the individual in the data. Okay, did the pe did the people survey? Sorry, did the people surveyed have similar working conditions? Did they have similar working hours? Do they have similar types of work? Do they have similar or identical equipment at home to do their work effectively? How's their work? Their internet connection. So these are the kinds of things that we would use to try and find similarities so that the data can be compared to each other. There are also some questions we would ask for this particular survey. We don't specialize in conducting surveys, you know, let's be honest there. But I'll bet my money on the fact that people are properly trained in this field will have specific parameters on how to conduct surveys that reflect data accurately. Okay, so despite having the parameters and criteria, statistical data shadows individual data. So these big scale studies are important. However, it would be best to be mindful of individual data when making important changes, because let's be honest, human resources are the, the foundation of most workforces. So if the human resource isn't happy or working effectively, you know, then the company might be doing well. So yeah, I think it's something to consider. So let's use a practical example. Okay, imagine that data is being collected on reading levels for all year two in your country, okay, or whatever grades you call it, wherever you are. Um, the final percentage reveals, hypothetically, that 80% of the children in this year group have reading level as expected of their age. Based on this data, it is considered unnecessary to make any changes or reviews in teaching methods. But now it's time to look at the data as someone in ABA or as a behavior analyst. So we would look at how many children performed above the expected level, at the expected level, and below the expected level. It is very different thing to say that five are performing below the level than a thousand children. But in ABA, we would strive to help those five children, you know, in our typical no child left behind mentality. But we do understand that governments and education systems won't necessarily mobilize efforts towards a small number. And we understand this also can be very, very tricky. We're not saying that this needs to be everybody's focus. But in order to have internal validity, a study also needs to show that there's a functional relationship between a behavior and intervention that is applied to that behavior. So we need to see that the intervention is having an impact on the behavior that we want to increase or decrease. We are aware that sometimes people don't think as behavior as an exact science, but it is. We're here to tell you that. Hey, Carla, it is. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, we will be covering, yeah, and we'll be covering, you know, this in future topics. But for now, we can promise you that once you have accurately understood why behavior happens, you can then apply consequences to change the future behaviors, behavior or behaviors. Okay, of course, you know, the more complex the behavior and the variables, the things that impact it, 
the harder it is to change it. But it doesn't mean it's impossible. And it doesn't mean we should try. And I think that's where behavior analysts are different from others because we would always want to try our best in all areas. The second thing to look at in for in data or studies or research is external validity. Okay, so we've looked at internal, now we're going to look at external. We look at how much a study or an intervention can be replicated. How many times can it be repeated or replicated? This is essential in ABA research because it needs to be able to be replicated to show that it's effective across groups or across people. ABA is about improving people's lives. So all the research needs done needs to be able to improve another person's life. So we will need to show that, look, it helped this person. We want to be able to help the next person with the same intervention. With surveys, questionnaires, and other tools used for statistical data, they can be misused. And I feel like sometimes I read um, statistical information, and I, I find it very confusing because I almost don't agree with some of it, and I'm not sure why I'm thinking that. So we would use questionnaires and surveys when we were assessing behavior, you know, as you know, we mentioned in our assessments episode. And these can be used thoroughly throughout an intervention. However, the information relies on the person's individual perception. It doesn't necessarily mean it's accurate. So we have to think about being objective. This is not always the case, of course. You know, several statistical studies use data such as the duration of time you are on Instagram in order to create, you know, sort of an analysis of the time you spent on social media. And I know that everyone gets a shock when they see that. It sort of upsets me sometimes when I look at that and I'm like, oh, is that really what I do with my time? But the other procedures from studies or surveys need to be be able to be replicated. Okay, so with individual data, we're able to pinpoint more accurately what works and what didn't work for the individual or individuals and use this on the next study. So we can use it to improve further um, future studies. And I think the last important area is having an accurate date, data analysis is social validity. Okay, this is the crux of ABA and the reason we feel maybe different from other um, therapies, is that our focus and purpose is to improve people's lives. And I know that other people do that too, but we strive for that more and more. And we're trying to do that every single time we have a session or we are working with others. Okay, the study, so our study should show social value for the person or the people around the learner, okay, or this person. If it's not perceived as valuable, then we probably won't be replicated or we won't we won't do it or we won't we won't be used. Of course, people's perception of value changes greatly, okay? And we've had a lot of this and when we work with different clients and family members around those clients and educators around those clients, it can vastly, vastly look different. But you know, as behavior analysts we must always try and search through these requirements and find out what's the best for the individual receiving the treatment or the, the therapy. A very good article to read on this topic is Social Validity, the case of subjective measurement or how behavior, applied behavior analysis is finding its heart by Montrose Wolf. It's an excellent article, guys. Do yourself a favor. It will really, it will really change your perception of um, why some socially significant behaviors are targeted. Okay, we'll repeat this article at the end. It's, it's, it's so worth a read, you know, he's exceptional. Okay, so whether we do an inter intervention with one individual or several, APA always looks at each person's data separately. We look at for the variables, for the changes in that, in that person's behavior. And to all, the, that, all, to all that people that say this type of format doesn't really have value, 
we can bury you in the amount of studies done that proves this opinion otherwise. Okay, if you don't think that individual data is important, you know, we we have honestly used our interventions to really improve people's lives, to teach people to read and be able to access other communities. Like we've really done quite exceptional things. So how do you decide what's a large scale? You know, some large is, is relative. Is 20 people large, 100, 500? Because after nearly, if not a century of studies and research, we're pretty sure that ABA has reliably accumulated enough evidence to be considered significant. And we know that some people might find data annoying or hard work, but data is power. It's evidence. And data is already taken, you know, all the time. We just have to use it appropriately. It's It can be pretty much anything, okay, test scores, you know, there's class participation, the number of requests that a person may do, the book number of books you've read, how long you do a physical workout, so the duration of that time, how many steps you take every day. I have an Apple Watch, guys, so, you know, I have a lot of, already of my own data, okay, if you have similar things like Fitbits and whatnot, you know, you pretty have a lot of data on yourself already, um, also, apps on phones are pretty incredible. But, you know, it's already being taken, so let's use it. You know, here's all our individual data. What are they doing with all that individual data? I think the biggest problem with data is how much of it's taken and how it's recorded. Okay, so personally, you know, I find it, like, I like to keep it simple. And I'm sure Carla's the same. We've worked together for quite a long time now. We want to make it as usable yeah. for the people that are taking the data as possible. Okay, and we kind of ask ourselves like three main questions. What do we want to know? What is the most simple way of taking that data to get the information we need? Okay, and can we do it effectively and explain it to another person? Those are kind of our three foundation points. Okay, of course, there are many other things to consider, but we would say that these are the three main questions. And this is not just for children with learning disabilities or learning, you know, who have barriers to learning. It's for everything. How can you organize your time? How can you prepare for, you know, your work? Or how do you manage your admin stuff? How do you manage your finances? Or even divide your house chores with others if you live with others or you live with your significant other? You know, everyone has a different system, okay? From post-its to planners to diaries to calendars to reminders. I have alarms and reminders on everything, hmm. okay? In ABA, we need to create data sheets. So the key method is the same throughout the intervention. We've mentioned many times before, but consistency is really key, guys. It's a boring thing to say. It's an overused um, phrase, but it's so true. Therefore, it's important that everyone involved collects data with the same method because otherwise the data is not valuable. Okay. Sorry, mine was a bit of a monologue of things, but I hope that that was okay. No, that's fine. I think it was perfect. So, taking what Lauren just said about the the main three parts of validity, and let's rewind back to the first example. Uh, so, two surveys conducted within approximately two, e two weeks from each other. One conclusion said 75% of people wanted to stay at home for work, and the other inferred that 77% wanted to return to the workplace. So, how did co they collect data? One thing we find really important is to see the data sheet. Once we see how data was collected, we can start to piece together how the result was achieved. We will then look at what data was collected. So in this case, the people that were surveyed. So if we told you 
the survey was 75% result done by five people only. Would it change your mind about its accuracy? So they interviewed five people. I mean, well, you wouldn't get 75% with five people, I don't think, because of the mathematical things. <laughs> but still, like, but you get our point. Like, it's, it's not enough. So knowing these things does matter. So perspective can be manipulated. And what we've come to learn through ABA is that you need to know the whole picture. And this is one of the reasons why we can't simply recommend procedures in passing. So by that we mean people ask us, oh, this happened, what should we do? That's, in, what's, that's what I mean by in passing, we can't. We get asked a lot, but we can't. Uh, we need to know as much as possible surrounding that behavior in order to properly advise. And this is the main reason why a lot of tactics don't work with neurotypical children, because whoever implements it does not understand the behavior in its entirety, and they're only looking at one part of the puzzle. That means they don't have enough data. Well, let's... Another example that lots of you might be familiar with, um, even when you were ch children, is let's say a child acts out in class and the teacher sends them out as punishment. The child keeps acting out. The teacher keeps sending them away or to the head teacher's office. Child gets suspended for a day. Child keeps acting out. So this is something that happens a lot. And it's not just with special needs. We grew up seeing this with our peers, maybe ourselves. I was a bit of a cheeky one sometimes. Um, at what point would you finally think, hang on, my punishment is not working. How about kids getting suspended for cutting school? It's, it's like a treat for them. It's like, oh, oh, you don't want to come to school. Here's a suspension then. Have a day off. It's only a headache for the parents, not the child. <laughs> um, so collecting data on behavior does allow you to see what works and what doesn't. And it's not based on instinct or what you think might be happening. It can, in a way, take out the bias as it is based as data is based on evidence. And before you complain, there are too many children for one teacher to record behavior on. That is very true. But there are various methods of going around that barrier. And research has already been done on this when there's larger classes, okay? And data does allow us to make decisions that will improve conditions, whether that's controlling the noise level in a classroom or getting a child to eliminate on the toilet. For example, imagine making a decision without enough data. Jokes. That's what happens every day, all the time. People make decisions without enough data. So for us, that's unthinkable because... We need the evidence. We need to know for sure we're not being biased. And consider the contradicting surveys we've mentioned at the beginning. Which one should be considered the relevant one? Should all workplaces use these surveys to make a decision regarding their future of, you know, people coming into work or staying home? And there's a gentleman in behavior analysis, I think he's a gentleman, Sidman is his surname, I think he's a gentleman, put it really well. He said, and we quote, variables are not cancelled statistically. They are simply buried, so their effects are not seen. So we, we're not saying statistics don't hold any value, but individual data and variables are also important, and they often get overlooked. And like Sidman said, they get buried. And a lot of decisions that are made based on statistics 
sometimes don't turn out to be the best way of doing things. And, you know, after all this type of chatting about data and statistics, which one would you favor, Lauren? I mean, I would be inclined to say data. As you, know, as you mentioned, statistics can be skewed in certain directions and can be made to yeah. look a certain way to suit an opinion. You know, as your examples demonstrated, Carla, you know, I think yeah. we need to be more discerning of the information we consider and choose to believe. I mean, if the pandemic has chosen to shown us anything, it's to be more discerning about the information yeah. we receive and yeah. to do, you know, research on multiple things and realize that everybody's got an agenda. Everybody's trying to get you to see things a certain way for a certain reason. Okay, I think even before I became a behavior analyst, I was very wary or cautious of believing information given to me. I've always mm. tried to understand everyone's perspective or opinion. I think this is why I love Big Brother so much. Because, <laughs> I mean, and, and I know it's trash TV, guys. I'm willing to admit that. But because you got to witness. I mean, we all need a bit of trash. Yeah, but you got to witness or observe actual events, okay? Even though we might be biased in our observations and thoughts, okay? I'm not taking that away. But then you would see one yeah. person going into the diary room to explain what had happened. And then the other person or people involved in this, you know, in their session in the diary room. And you start to realize that people don't see things the same same way as others. No, they don't absorb information the same way. So they definitely fascinating. don't. And as an observer, it was intriguing to me that people don't always see things the same way, as I've just mentioned. But also how people experience things are completely different. And what I found fascinating is how vastly different their stories were, okay? Which made me think, well, people do really see things differently, okay? Human behavior is very interesting. But with data, okay, with taking data, we would explain what behaviors we do want, you know, what, what it's clear. And everyone who's involved yeah. in that would agree on that. So that it's, for lack of a better word, operationally defined. It's been defined that everybody, if they saw that behavior, they knew exactly what it was, Okay. And they know how to take data on that. Have you seen The Circle on Netflix? No, but I've heard about it. It's kind of like Big Brother, but differently, because the contestants don't meet each other until the very end, until one of them is kicked out. So basically, they're all in separate oh, flats. I've heard about this. And and they can pretend to be another gender, um, oh. and they in, it's basically it's like a big bluff game without seeing the other people, other person's real face. Oh, um, and then when a contest, I know, and then when the contestant is eliminated, they get to pick one person they can meet before they leave the the block of flats. Oh. So they want to because they want to see if it's an actual girl or boy, you know, you know, like sure. it's. <laughs> I mean, it's really fun. I found like I I binged the first season in an evening because I was like, wow, this is really interesting. Because um, I was just wow, like people just having to you know BS their way. Exactly. But it's so human behavior is so interesting, and that's why I think people have become I know, addicted yeah. to reality TV because yeah, 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 yeah. It shows you different sides of human behavior that you yeah. you can relate to. And then some things you can't because you're yeah. not in the situation. And I think everybody always thinks, well, when I go, if I went in Big Brother, I'd do this and I'd do that. But you don't know what you would do, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think in ABA, we get so obsessed with data because it's, it's evidence, because it's there black and white and there's yeah. no bias. It's meant to be clear cut. Of course. And, you know, 
Oh, for example, I'll tell you about this. I once had a very frustrating conversation with a person about colorful semantics. Um, and if you don't know, colorful semantics is something that's very used to teach children to read. And I know it's a method very commonly used with autistic or special needs kids, but I didn't feel it suited this particular student. And the other person kept saying how successful it was. And I asked, okay, do you have any research I could read about this? Because I want to you know, understand better. And she didn't know of any studies, but guaranteed it was successful. Mm. And I replied, this is because I'm I'm cheeky, you know, I'm Portuguese guys. And I replied, okay, so all my all my advice on behavior is based on hundreds of and thousands of research done where effectiveness has been proven by data. So why is my advice being refused but a method that didn't have any studies done is, is being considered more valuable. And in reality, there are some studies done on colorful semantics. A friend of mine, um, our Irish friend, <laughs> our, yeah, she, re she referenced them to me. I still need to read them. But, you know, but the person I was talking to didn't know this. And she was confused. Why did I want to read studies on it? Mm. <laughs> and I'm just, because I want to see if it's been tested. We are scientists. Yeah. We look at data. I know. Well, look, I've also so, done. Um, I've I've um been conned into using colourful semantics for some of the students, and you'll know. I mean, you might not uh, know what I'm talking about, but I use it for one of my students, and he's very um he learns well. I mean, he's now I don't work with him anymore, but he learns very uh parrot like, like very robotically, which a lot uh, actually a lot of special needs kids or children with autism do. They sort of learn a pattern. And so we yeah. could, it was really difficult for us to fade out because what you're supposed to do is you teach all the colors and all the, yeah. and then you fade out the colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just never got to the point where we could fade out the colors because he'd learned it like a pattern. And so it was, it, it wasn't novel. So it was like he was always trying to do the same rigid things. It didn't become, the learning didn't extend to, you know, a generalization. He wasn't able to generalize the skills he'd use, he learned to other situations. And that was the other thing I asked. I said, "Okay, what can you do? You have the procedure on how to phase out the yeah, dependence." Exactly. And she couldn't give me one. Oh, there's no procedure. And I mean, then how do you know how to phase exactly. out? Oh, the, it it depends on yeah. how the teacher thinks he's doing. And I said, "So there's no actual planning yeah. into the phasing out." And for me, that's uh, she just looked confused. And I said, "When I put something in that is not part of the natural environment, I make a plan on how am I going to phase it out in the future, because I can't I can't just think about the right now. Yeah. I need to think about the future. Exactly. How how will this child or this learner, etc., this human, yeah. be able to not need this?" I mean, we we like I you know as I say, I it wasn't my procedure that I put in, but I also just yeah, yeah. and I'm not saying colorful semantics is, isn't good. I'm sure it's been very helpful for many students, but when I yeah 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 yeah. For, of course. And I know it was the particular learning style of the student. Now I think about yeah. it. If I'd known now, if I know what I know now back then, I would have been like, you know what, I actually think there's better yeah. ways we can teach it. But yeah, I mean, fortunately, yeah. he moved on to bigger and better things. But yeah, it did hinder a lot of that because it became like the comfort blanket of using the same formula, you know, so... Yeah, you can't just use the same thing for different kids, and this is a mistake lots of people of do, course. especially in schools. And no, no insult to people in schools, but there's a big tendency that some specialists say, do this or that. Yeah. And 
it's like you need to look at if it's you know but that's another conversation but that's the same thing as our our data is that like we can't apply a blanket rule for everything that's what our individual data is Mm. so important and so powerful to have because we are all individuals so actually it does tie back quite nicely it's like we are all individuals and we all have to learn and we all learn in slightly different ways some of us may learn similarly and data could show that but some of us learn very differently and data could also show us that yeah Okay, guys, we know this can be a dull topic, but actually it it can be incredibly useful and powerful if used in the right way, okay? You know, we've used this to go to court, okay, to tribunals and help young people receive the right kind of therapy for their learning needs, you know, and Mm -hmm. this has ultimately really, really changed the trajectory of their educational path, okay? From first-hand experience, it has been, you know, used to convince others of the effectiveness of some of our teaching and helped young people transform their lives from, like, non-verbal, so they have no speech, they can't talk, to kids that can learn to talk, become verbal, and from young people who couldn't communicate to be able to communicate. So, you know, from some learners who engage in self-harm to reduce that, which helps them not harm themselves or hurt themselves, so, yes, it can be boring, but what we do with that information can really alter and, you know, transform people's lives and, and educational journeys. So, so yeah, consider it. It's, it's, I think it's quite powerful and um, can be used in, to, be, to make really important decisions. Yeah. Well, and we know not everyone can be as data obsessed as we are, but a little bit of data taking can actually help you. And I mean, Laura and I track our mood, our habits on a daily basis. Well, of course, there are some days where we don't feel like doing it. We're ho- we're human mm. after all. Um, but for me, tracking things that I find important, such as taking my vitamins and when I exercise, this help me keep on top of these activities. It's It's a visual reminder for me. Uh, to actually engage in that behavior and you know data doesn't have to be scary or overwhelming and actually there's a really good podcast here on this topic um, and it's a podcast called life with behavior analysis and it's episode two get her done get her done get her done Get it done. Yeah. Get, get get it, it done. Like Basically, it's, done. Yeah, it'll be American. Get it done. Yeah. yeah, this lady is really good, and she applies ABA concepts and methods in practical terms. Plus, she loves animals and cake, so she's our people. Yeah. She can stay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's just mention. So we did use some websites um, to reference. Oh my days. The podcast, but they're they're Portuguese websites. I don't know how yeah. like. Are relevant if anyone is really curious like it's one if you're Portuguese which I doubt I don't think we have Portuguese listeners other than my sister but, uh, but there's um, it's Visão Sapo this and the uh, Jornal Negócio which means business newspaper whatever okay. so if anyone's interested cool. I can send the links but again they're in Portuguese yeah. and it was a you know Portuguese thing um, for the social validity article we mentioned the case of for subjective measurement or how applied applied behavior analysis is finding its heart by Montrose Wolf 1978 the podcast which is mentioned life with behavior analysis episode 2 get her done contact us on aba.owls.uk at gmail.com or our website www.abaowls.com and do check our website for more information on um, on our future online workshops when we go back to them. Anyone can join, doesn't matter where you are in the world. 
guys, our next podcast episode next month on the 5th of July, please feel free to email us or message us on Instagram, ABA und- or at ABA underscore ours, if you have a particular topic you'd like us to address. Also, a big thank you to everyone who's listening. Like, we're really grateful, guys. We really, really are. When, when I saw that people had sent through questions um, that I didn't, wasn't aware of, I was so, so, it made my heart really happy. Yeah. So, thank you. We like hearing from people. And, and, and we're so grateful for people sending it through their questions. Like, we've got some really, yeah. really, really good um, questions. So, we're, we're looking forward to answering them. And please rate, like, and subscribe to us. It's Chirping with APA Owls. Okay. You can find us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Podbean. And um, also on Instagram and Facebook, as mentioned before. So that's APA Owls. Please email us, message us, contact us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I hope it's a he, Carla. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, it is a he. Montrose. Montrose is a, a man's name. No? Yeah. I think so. Hey? I'm I pretty think so. sure. I hope so. Um, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> this may be our blooper section, guys. You may not hear this in the real podcast because Lauren sounds like she doesn't know what's cooking. Yeah, and sorry, I just checked, Carla. Montrose Wolf is a man, so we're not completely, you know. Hello? Lauren. Hello. Can you not hear me? Lauren. Sorry, I muted myself. (laughs) Sorry, I was talking away. I'm like, da-da-da-da-da. Anyway, so um, (laughs) Montrose Wolf is a man, so we're not complete morons, Carla. Um, (laughs) Well, especially me. Okay.